You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Welcome to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. How are you doing? I am all right. Awesome. I'm excited to find out what I can help you with today. What's what's your question? What's on your mind? So I am a non-traditional student. Um, I've finished my original undergrad almost 15 years ago. Wow. Um, and since then, I went on and got a master's degree and have been working as a professional in my current field for almost a decade. Okay. And I'm wondering how I can best highlight the work that I've done in that decade. Yeah. Um, I've done committee work for national committees and presented at regional conferences and things. And mostly I'm just curious if I should break those down into discrete separate chunks or just put them all together in one description of an activity when I go to fill out my applications. Yeah. So you're, you're one of the, the challenging students because of this long time frame of, of undergrad and then masters and now working you have a lot of life experiences that need to fit into this very narrow box, especially on AMCAS. Now, mm-hmm. on a COMIS, on TMDSAS, you don't have those same limitations where you have to like, do I need to combine these? Do I need what? What do I need to leave out of my application? But on a uh, on AMCAS for the MD applications, obviously, you need to go down that path. And really, the the best thing to offer you is combine things that are very similar that potentially didn't have huge differing impact on you and your life. And so if there are committees that you've been on where you participated, but you weren't like the key part of the committee, you didn't change some procedure on the committee or procedure at the institution, whatever that is, that like saved the institution and and cured global warming, right? If if you didn't have some spectacular impact on that position, but it's just committee after committee after committee, those are the types of things that you can look at combining into one. And then if there's one committee thing that really stood out where you were like the chair of the committee and you had lots of impact on that committee, then great, go ahead and separate that out from the combined committee activity as well. So you can have two committee activities in this specific example, two committee activities. One is the very specific impactful one. And the other one is kind of the combination of all of the other ones because they really weren't that impactful to you, but it's just to show other activities that you've been involved in. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Where do you think your, your thought process lies on what to combine, what to cut out, et cetera? Um, I'm thinking like steering committees that I've been on where I like chaired communications and ran social media for the whole organization. Yep. Um, steering committees where we redid the mission statement and I was really involved in that. Those would be the ones I'd probably chunk out. Mm. And then the ones where it's just like, I helped proofread some documents and <laughs> show up for virtual meetings and yep. things. Those I had one hundred percent attendance. Yeah, <laughs> not super impactful. Yeah, no, it's it sounds like your thought process is is pretty spot on for for what I would recommend. So that's that's definitely a good idea. 
let's let's talk about the broader question that you asked of how can I kind of use the time that I've had to really help separate you is really the the ultimate part of the question how do how do you use your experience to help you stand out and and I would tell you to not really focus on that I th- I think by putting that stuff in your application by putting the the activities in there that show the impact that you had, you're already standing out because a lot of traditional students aren't going to have those experiences, period, because they're not out in the workforce participating in these things. And so I don't think you need to really go too far out of your way to highlight the stuff that you're already going to be talking about in your application. Right? And looking at your transcript, looking at your grades and the years that you took your classes, it's going to be obvious that you're a non-traditional student. It's going to be obvious that you've had a lot of time between when you took classes and now. <clears throat> and really the, the ultimate question is, why now? What is it about your journey that is leading you away from what you've been doing to now being crazy enough to want to go to medical school. <laughs> yeah. What do you think that process is for you? Um, I think for me, it's really multifaceted. Um, I wanted to be a doctor as a kid. I was one of those kids that when I was four years old, I got the Fisher Price doctor kit <laughs> and I wanted to be a doctor. Um, and that lingered with me up through high school. And then like right before applying to college, I kind of chickened out because I had a hard time in a couple of the upper math classes in high school and with the organic section of um, my high school chemistry class, which was like so brief, (laughs) but I struggled with it. And I was like, I can't go major in biochemistry. I'll have to take organic chemistry and there's no way. Um, So I think part of that was just a lack of growth mindset that I had when I was younger which I developed as I got older. Part of it was my dad passing away and um, seeing firsthand how access to healthcare, especially in rural areas, really impacted his own health outcomes. And that's personally what I would really love to do is to do primary care in rural areas. Um, And also in my current job, working with kids, doing after-school programs, especially STEM after-school programs, I'm encouraging them to go for their STEM dreams and go become engineers and computer coders and doctors. And then I'm not even taking my own advice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Take your own advice. Combine together. Yeah. So, So talk to me about the experiences that you're getting that actually highlights that you've had this switch. So you're you're obviously working in in the career that you have now, but what are you doing now outside of that career to gain the experience to remind yourself why you're doing this? Um so I started volunteering at the local hospital pretty much as soon as I started going back for prerequisite classes. Great. Um there weren't a ton of actual clinical opportunities, mm-hmm. but I at least started volunteering. Um, what, do you, recently, what do you mean by volunteering? What are you doing? So when I very first started out, I was up um, in the inpatient unit, but we didn't do a ton. Mostly we just restocked rooms and linen carts and stuff like that. But we got to at least see what was going on, mm-hmm. even if we weren't really anywhere close to involved. Yeah. Um, 
And then I worked at the info desk, both at the main hospital and at the cancer center. That's part of their system, but it's in a separate building. Um, more recently, like before COVID, about this time last year, I started volunteering with the pre-op PACU. Um, so there I get to actually have a little bit more patient contact. Um, I help clean the rooms between patients. I help with patient transport. Um, so it's closer to the action yeah. for sure. And I was able to get one shadowing opportunity in before COVID. And then since then, I've been doing as many virtual shadowing <laughs> opportunities as I can. Yeah. Um, but then I also have done um, work with the PFAC with my local um, just primary care office. Mm -hmm. um, so I see a lot of the back end from that perspective and how they're hoping to better communicate with patients and more of the logistical side of running a medical practice from that end, which I think is yeah. interesting, especially since I do want to do primary care. Yeah. It, define PFAC. It's the Patient Family Advisory Committee. Um, okay. So it's a requirement of a particular um, funding branch with Medicaid and Medicare. Yeah. I can't remember the exact yeah. name of it. It's all the medical um, home stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but basically, as part of that, they have to have a patient family advisory committee. So when yep. that opened up, I had applied for that opportunity and was chosen. So I've cool. been serving almost three years now. Wow. On the back. Okay. So it sounds like you're you're taking the steps necessary to get the experience that you need. Now it's obviously with COVID that kind of throws a wrench in everything, but. Uh, hopefully moving forward once they allow you back in or w whatever um, <clears throat> uh, whatever exposure and access that they allow you to have, uh, hopefully it just continues to increase more and more so that you are with those patients as much as possible throughout the day. You are getting those shadowing experiences as much as possible. That'd be, that'd be really big to, to be part of your journey. The the next question that I have is with school so far away, being so far removed from school, what does the MCAT look like for you? Um, fortunately or unfortunately, my original undergrad was in a not at all STEM. Okay, area. so you need to redo so all had, your prereqs. Yeah, so I okay. had like college algebra and a uh, gen bio gen ed. Um, for non-majors. So it wasn't yeah. even like the two semester gen bio one and two in my undergrad. So yeah. apart from a couple like psych classes that might be beneficial, I pretty much have to do, had to do all of my prereqs completely from scratch. Yeah. So okay. for the most part, the stuff is pretty recent for me as Good. I'm going to studying for the MCAT. And I Good. just started this summer sort of building my plan and starting to study, uh, <laughs> And then I'm taking organic this fall and I'll okay. be taking biochem in the spring. So they should both be really fresh going into hopefully taking the test in April. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. Yes. Uh, that would be the plan. Good. Okay. So it sounds like you're, you're well-prepared thinking through about as much as you can. Now it's just a matter of, of getting those hours to, to support your story. Mm -hmm. Okay. What are the questions you have? Um, 
I guess one of my big questions um, that I've sort of been picking as many people's brains on as I can is just timeline for this coming year. Cause I've been obviously taking prereqs for the last like three or four years now, mm-hmm. only doing like part-time cause I was working full-time mm-hmm. um, after my most recent shadowing experience. I was like, okay, no, I need to buckle down and like this needs to get done and do it. So this year I'm going to school full time, okay. but I'm still working. So working full time and school full time and just <laughs> trying to look ahead and be like, okay, what needs to happen when to be sure that I don't have missing pieces laying around. Um, yeah. And I'm actually ready to apply this cycle. Yeah. I mean, that's the nice thing about applying to medical school. It's, it's really an open book test. You, you know everything that you have to do. You have to have letters of recommendations. You have to have the MCAT. You have to have, uh, obviously, your classes being taken care of and still getting good grades. And for you, you have to be working as well. Um, you have to start pre-writing your, your secondary essays so that you can turn those around as fast as possible. You have to do all of your, your extracurricular descriptions. And you have to get your transcripts as soon as the applications open up. So if you can really plot out that timeline and go, okay, here's, here's when I need to start working on this and I'm going to give myself X number of weeks and then I can start working on this and give myself X number of days or weeks and really just think through that whole thing where students typically fail through this process are students like yourself who are working full-time, going to school full-time, something usually breaks, and usually it's school. And so what you don't want to have happen is you're, you're really burning the candle at both ends, and now all of a sudden the A's that you're getting are turning into C's because you just don't have the bandwidth anymore to keep up with classes. And so I just want to caution you to make sure that you either are super balanced and can figure it all out and have it planned so that you don't get overwhelmed with it all, or you just finish your classes and take the MCAT after you're done with classes and apply after all of that, which probably will push you back even another year. So there's there's lots of ways to work it out. It just depends on you and your bandwidth and your ability to handle kind of everything coming at you all at the same time. Yeah. Well, and I think fortunately I've been in my job long enough. I've stockpiled a lot of vacation because we <laughs> are allowed to roll it over nice. year to year. It's not use it or lose it. So I'm like sitting on a bunch of vacation hours. I'm like, Hey, this is the year. I'm Perfect. Actually take some vacation. Nice. Are, are they aware of that? Um, I mean, they know that I have all of those <laughs> yeah. vacation hours and technically I'm free to use them whenever, as long yeah. as I have coverage for the stuff that needs to get done yeah and i'll probably piecemeal it like i wouldn't take a whole month all at once and be like okay i'm gonna take a peace week. out <laughs> i'm gonna take a week with winter break that aligns with the school winter break and like holidays and yeah. take that time and study intensively for the mcat or i'll take a week that corresponds with spring break and yeah try and schedule my test around that time mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. You're thinking through it. And that's really the first step. I think uh, a common mistake that students make is they just like, oh, I'll figure it out. <laughs> and and then <laughs> they don't figure it out because it just all hits them in the face all at one time. So you're thinking through it, which is great. Um, just continue working, working on it and 
doing things that you need to do to to get in. Any other questions? I can't think of any. Um, okay. Well. Like I've got shadowing lined up as soon as we're allowed to do it safely. So I feel like great. that's really just the last big thing that I would like to get done. And that's completely out of my hands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's entirely up to the safety to be able to do it. Yes. And so you, you mentioned you're doing some virtual shadowing stuff. Uh, I'm actually, I don't know if you saw, I'm actually going to start doing so, uh, an e-shadowing program uh, as well through through my platform. So stay tuned for that as well. I will. I will definitely be watching, like I said, all the virtual shadowing that I can because yeah. I might as well. That's the one nice thing I will say about the pandemic is the amount of things that are available virtually now that I never would have had the opportunity to go to in person. Yeah. I attend now yep. virtually. Um, so that's been a real boon for non-trads like me who are more locked into a particular geography and a particular schedule. So yeah, silver linings, <laughs> silver linings everywhere. Well, cool. Uh, good luck to you. Hopefully this was helpful and, and clarified some things for you and good luck on the rest of your journey. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Gray. Thank you so much for joining me here on ask Dr. Gray pre-med Q and a. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. If you're interested in hearing from different medical specialists, go check out SpecialtyStories.com. 